You're listening to the Bride Chilla Podcast, helping bride chillas and groom chillas plan their wedding minus the bullshit. One podcast at a time with your host, Alicia McCormack. Hey there, it is me, Alicia. I am the founder of Bride Chilla, and this is a podcast that will most likely, I'm not going to guarantee it because you might listen and go, this is not helpful at all and fuck off, will most likely help you decrease stress and increase your wedding planning productivity. It sounds like a business management podcast. It's not what I'm getting at. But making sure you get stuff done, you know what to do, when to do it, so you can just get on with your life which is uh, what I want to talk about today. What I want to talk about today on the Bride Chiller podcast is wedding planning burnout and burnout in real life, IRL. I think if you are at any stage of wedding planning, really, and you enter the, the engagement stage and then you start to book things in, you very quickly realize that it's a beast planning a wedding, regardless of how many people you may have on your team helping you out. If you have professional wedding planners or coordinators, I think many couples start to realize what they've gotten themselves into. And I'm not just talking about the logistics of wedding planning, which is something that we all have control over at some level. I'm also talking about all the emotional stuff, the time management, trying to continue on with your normal, air quotes, life, and then also organize all this extra shit. So this week in the Bride Chiller community, our Facebook group, if you're not a part of it, why? get involved. It's a good place to be. It's an asshole-free zone most of the time. And uh, we have real, I don't want to say we have real discussions like, hey guys, we're keeping it real gross. No, we have discussions that aren't always wedding-based. And this week I saw a quote and it really piqued my interest because I realize that for a lot of women, especially when it comes to wedding planning and getting engaged, and I do write about this in the Bride Chiller Survival Guide. This is our wedding planning guide that we uh, print and publish, that for many people, especially in, in this day and age, it seems that planning a wedding and getting engaged has been built up as the sort of peak of our existence, that... We're being told via Facebook ads and some blogs, not all of them, and magazines that we are going to be at our prettiest and uh, we will be the happiest we have ever been in our whole entire lives on this one day. And then that's it. The way that they, they, gosh, it sounds like the Illuminati, you know how I like the Illuminati, the way that it is built up, especially for chicks, it sort of sucks that it can feel like that is it. We've reached our peak and we should just fucking go into a cave and retire from the social scene because we've planned our wedding, we've had a nice day, and that is it for us. So, obvs, I don't believe that. But uh, I saw this post in another group and I thought, this is cool. I'm going to share this in the Bride Chiller community. It was very simple. It said, I wish people were as excited and supportive about women's career milestones, personal development, and travel journeys as they were about pregnancies and engagements. And I just shared this in the group and I said, hey, let's take a beat. Let's have a momo. And instead of saying wedding stuff, let's all just comment on an achievement we've made in our lives outside of wedding planning that potentially hasn't received any attention or we just want to tell someone about. Now, I'm certainly not saying that every achievement needs a fucking ticker tape parade. Not saying that. Ticker tape? Ticker take. It's ticker tape, dummy. Gosh, be more positive with yourself, Alicia. Ticker tape parade. It's hard to say. It feels like a new vocal warm-up. Ticker tape, ticker tape, ticker tape. 
Anyway, enough of that. I was so delighted with the responses and shit, oh dear, we have some amazing people in our group. We had over 250 comments. No, wrong, 280 comments. And we've got PhD people. We've got stay-at-home mums of four kids. Four kids. It's a lot of kids to look after. We've got people who have moved countries for their careers. We've got people who are shifting whole entire careers where they're like, I did this for 10 years and now I'm pivoting to a whole new area. I'm studying and working full time. We've got a bunch of side hustlers. And to be honest, it wasn't surprising because obviously we've got an awesome community. And I think like-minded people attract like-minded people. You're my people. We're all achievers in our own way. But also it just made me realize how uh, much we don't share this shit. And, you know, I work hard, but I feel like a lot of my friends and family have no idea what it goes into running a business and working full time. But I don't need to talk about it all the time because who gives a shit? I do, but they don't. And that's fine. They do give a shit, but it's not something. Anyway, so the other thing that came up, promise I've got a point. The other thing that came up was burnout. And how much doing all of this other stuff, the 280 comments of achievements and working hard and just trying to get your stuff done. And then on the other hand, taking on a really huge task for a lot of people. And that is planning a big event like a wedding and then trying to balance that out and find a way to do it all, potentially get it all done and not have a breakdown in the process. And it really got me thinking about Rich and I, my husband and I, and how we do really burn the candle at both ends, to use a very cliched statement, and also how we can talk a little bit more about recognizing when we're on the brink and when we might need to step away, and also just trying to implement some really easy and simple ways to de-stress, but also recognize when you're feeling overwhelmed and to step away or ask for help, or just make little changes in your life that will make a really big difference. Now, I am not the poster child for success in this area, but I'm very open to learning, and I really want to implement these steps in our lives because I feel often really tired, and I do this breath. See if you recognize this breath. And that's just me in normal life. It's not me just gasping for breath. Rich calls that the stressed breath, and I was brushing my teeth last night, and I did it, and I didn't even notice. And Rich came in, and he's like, babe, that's the stressed breath. Are you okay? And I had no clue that I'd done it. So if you are a stressed breather, (laughs) I'm part of the stressed brethren. Sounds creepy. Sounds creepy. Probably a potential court case coming for them. Listen on. And also, even if you're not feeling stressed, and maybe that's great, by the way, if you're not feeling stressed or overwhelmed. I salute you. We all salute you. But it's also good to just be aware of how you're feeling and to take a little moment to check in and plan for the future when it may very well happen. So when we talk a little bit about burnout, I want to tell you how I feel with burnout and see if you relate. And maybe you've never reached this stage. And again, congrats. But burnout for me is when I wake up in the morning and it's already the first thought is, here's 28 things you should have done yesterday and you should do today. Let's start the pressure. Let's go. Wind it up. Here we go. Here we go. 
for me, it can almost feel like I haven't been asleep at all. I have been asleep, but my brain is just processing data in the background. And without waking up feeling rested, I sort of feel tired as soon as I wake up, but my brain is already like, why haven't you done this? Which, to be honest, is a pretty terrible way to start the day when you already feel like you are on the back foot. And I know this is not an uncommon way to be projecting stress and overwhelm. I think it's a really common thing that we feel throughout our lives. I mean, when I was doing exams at university, I had the same thing. It's just something that my body just jumps into gear and says, okay, this is it. You should do better, even though I'm a fucking high achiever and I know it. Another symptom, air quotes again, is saying air quotes so like 1992? It probably is. Another symptom that I know I suffer is <laughs> when I know I've got a fucking bunch of tasks to achieve, but I am so overwhelmed by this <laughs> huge list of things to do that even with the best intentions, I get easily distracted doing something else that's not even on the freaking list, which in turn then stresses me even more the fuck out because I haven't achieved anything on the list. I've whiled away time doing something else that I thought would be a quick job. I think we all know the quick jobs. And then I feel more stressed because nothing has been done. I know a lot of bride chillers and groom chillers sort of say they feel this real pressure when they first get engaged to jump in and make all of these decisions very quickly. And looking at all of the different areas of organization and decision making that needs to happen to actually kick off an event, to actually make it happen, it can make you do the stress breathing. It really can. And 95%, I know I'm picking that off my ass, I don't have real percentage, but let's say a huge percentage of listeners have never planned an event such as this. And you've got opinions coming from lots of different people, depending on where you get your wedding advice from. You know, you might be on the not or, you know, no judgment, or uh, you've got the Zola website or you've got the Bride Chiller books. Wherever you're getting your information from, you're following a timeline. And that can also be overwhelming because you're like, shit, I'm not sticking with the timeline. I'd say that's two months. I I've been engaged for two months and I haven't done anything. What am I doing? That was like wedding planning Woody Allen. So the good intentions of the wedding planning timeline suggestion, which I will say, side note, not to be too pluggy, but all, 100% all of the bride chiller content, whether it's in podcast form or the books or my blog, all of it's just suggested. I'm not saying you have to stick to any timeline. There are no rules. You know, you read some of this stuff and they're like, if you haven't ordered your dress 12 months out, you'll go to wedding jail. That's a fucking, imagine going to wedding jail. For me, wedding jail would just be answering perpetual questions from vendors that you don't intend to ever hire. But they're like, hey, tell me about your vision. Please write back. I won't give you a quote until you really go in depth about your fucking wedding vision. And it would be a close family member, maybe a mother-in-law, just WhatsApping you at all hours. So you're not allowed to go to sleep until you reply to all of the responses about all of her fantastic suggestions that you fucking don't want to hear. And the diet in uh, wedding jail would be just one of those uh, abomination of those sort of flat tummy teas that just make you shit your pants when uh, you consume them. That's wedding jail. What an awful place. None of you shall go to it because you are bride chillers and groom chillers. That was one of my stranger diversions of the topic. Timelines should be something that are helpful 
to be able to tick off different tasks, but you shouldn't feel completely aligned with them or feeling like you have to do things at a certain stage because every event is different. Uh, Every couple obviously is different and you can make up time. There are no fucking rules. You can go and buy a dress the day before your wedding if you truly want to. True that. So regardless of what stage of wedding planning you're at, and I I really want to speak though to the people who are in the first six months who maybe are going through that decision and list overwhelm, where for many couples they feel like they have to make decisions very quickly on the fly and then later on it can cause issues. Maybe it turns out great. You know, that's great. But also you need to be able to find a balance between being decisive getting stuff done, but not feeling completely weighed down by the tasks at hand. When I personally feel this procrastination or I get side, <laughs> I get sidelined by going, hi, I just need to make one social media post for Bride Chiller. And then I end up in Final Cut Pro cutting some fucking Steven Spielberg style video where I'm like, what am I doing? This is supposed to be a 20 second what's happening on the Bride Chiller podcast this week. And I've got different graphics and I've got audio and I've come into the booth to do voiceover. It's like, stop it, Alicia. Just stop it. Take a step back. What are the things you actually want to achieve today and make that realistic? And for me, it's about saying in the morning, if I wake up with the breathing or I get the sort of thing happening, it's going, okay, what are the three things that I am going to achieve today, this weekend, this week? doesn't have to be all in one day. And write them down on a post-it note, put them on the fridge, wherever the fuck you want to put them. And make sure you do them. So don't make a list of 48 things to do. This is where I know I hit real problems and where burnout occurs, where I'm looking at this list going, I cannot possibly fucking ever achieve all this stuff. I don't know where to start. So I'm going to go to Final Cut Pro and spend eight hours making a video on a Saturday where I could be talking to my husband or watching fucking Succession, (gasps) which I love. If I have my three tasks, and that could be for you geo-searching Instagram for suppliers who have used your venue, who have serviced your venue in the past and making a list of the five most interesting vendors that you want to contact. That feels complicated, but you know what I mean. Being able to focus and go, today, we're only going to look at photographers or I'm going to spend 20 minutes before work today responding to vendor questions. And side tip, I hope that a lot of you have listened to episode 356 of the Bride Chiller podcast. So only a good 40, it's actually exactly 40 episodes ago, crikeys. But um, I talked to the lovely founders of Honeydew and we were talking about work-life balance. And one thing that they really recommended, and I love to see people instigating this, is having pre-produced templates that you can use to respond to vendors. And you can set this up using um, Gmail. If you have a Gmail, it's really simple to look. I mean, just just Google it. I'm not going to fucking step by step. But you can create a template 
I use them now for a lot of my responses with Bride Chiller. And it doesn't have to mean that it's impersonal, but if you know that you are getting married on a certain date and you have a budget of whatever, blah, 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 you can put that in a template and simply respond with template and then tailor it to each vendor so you're not typing out the same freaking stuff 50 million times, which is part of why people hate responding to the vendor requests because they're asking the same questions over and over again. If you can streamline things and see an out, see the the light at the end of the communication tunnel, but also say, hey, it's three things I want to achieve. I can do three things. And if I can't, then I'm going to roll over the tasks that I didn't achieve today or this weekend. And we're going to hit it next week. Rich and I have a simple sheet of A4 paper and we've got a Sharpie and we have our business goals and tasks that we put on the fridge, the refrigerator every month. And it feels fucking great to cross those tasks off each time that we achieve them. And it's great because we do a bit of a ceremony when one of us walks up up to the fridge and crosses it off and we do a little clap. And yeah, okay, realistically, we're adding a bunch of other tasks that we need to achieve next month. But at the end of the month, to see most, if not all of those tasks crossed off, it feels pretty good. So if you are goal-oriented, achievement-oriented, and also if you are really keen on working as a team, which I hope all of you are, maybe it's about putting something in a place that you can see, like the refrigerator, which a lot of us go to often to see it. And by also not making it a huge long list, you can have your long list elsewhere, but just put the three tasks somewhere that you can see. And when you cross them off, you can feel really smug and good about yourself, but not overwhelmed by this massive other long-term list of things to do. After the break, I want to share with you my favorite productivity hacks that I use in our day-to-day business life and also uh, relationship life, and also the art of stepping the fuck away from the task at hand and actually enjoying yourself, because shit, we don't do that often enough, and sometimes it does the world of good. This is the Bride Chiller Podcast. More after this. Here's something that I adore about our bride chiller friends and partners, Zola.com. Zola has been a long-term sponsor of Bride Chiller and they have really evolved since we first started working together. They are always adding helpful tools like wedding website creator and of course their amazing gift registry. But did you know that you can order all of your paper supplies? I'm talking about invitations, save the dates, thank you cards, day of paper like programs and menus. And the best thing is they have thousands of invitation designs ready to match with your color scheme and style and then combine it all in with your Zola wedding website where you can also manage your RSVPs, you can look at your head counts, you can add personal information and get your guests to respond via the website. So it's all in one place, super easy to manage. They have over 90,000 five-star reviews from couples and guests who have used Zola.com for their gift registry, but also creating their wedding website and now their invitations and stationery. So what are you waiting for? Order your free sample pack today or get a single printed proof on any card. Sign up at Zola.com slash bridechiller 
and get 30% off your invitations and paper order. That is Zola, Z-O-L-A dot com slash bridechiller and get 30% off your invites and paper order. Now that is a cracking chiller deal. Shopping for your wedding jewellery can quickly become overwhelming, especially looking at carrots and colour and clarity. And really, you just want to buy something that's of amazing quality that feels like it should be worn for evs as you are investing in something that's going to be on your finger or on your person for a long, long time and something that you are proud of owning. Noemi gives you quality, beautiful jewellery that is, I would say, a future heirloom, something you will want to pass on to your kids or family members. It removes the pretentiousness. It removes all of the BS that is sometimes surrounded by the marketing by these big jewellery companies and just delivers beautiful jewellery at amazing prices. They can do this because they are producing the jewellery in-house. They are making all of their jewellery using sustainably sourced diamonds and gold and it's completely risk-free. When you purchase from Noemi, you are guaranteed that you can return it even if your items are engraved. This is crazy but it's true. They offer shipping that is overnight for free in the US and they ship all over the world. You have 60 days to return for free with a full refund. And I have to say, as a Noemi customer, I think they've found the sweet spot between the idea of offering extraordinary service, like they really do beautiful packaging and branding and fine jewellery expertise that you know if you write and ask them a question, they come straight back to you with, but also giving you some of the best prices in the industry. They do it because they cut out the middleman. It's a really amazing company to check out. They've got a gorgeous website. I encourage you to visit Hello Noemi. It's hello, N-O-E-M-I-E dot com. And you can use the promo code BRIDECHILLER to receive $75 off any wedding band today. That is hello noemi, N-O-E-M-I-E dot com. And use the promo code BRIDECHILLER to receive $75 off any wedding band today. Trust me, you will not regret purchasing from Noemi. I love my Noemi ring and I can't wait for my next Noemi purchase. For me with burnout and stress and I can't say stress today it sounds like Sean Connery I'm not even editing that with stress uh it comes a lot of the time from feeling like I don't have all of the information feeling like there might be a lack of communication from potentially a boss in my day job or not having clarity when it comes to what you want to achieve. That's where, when I was talking before about feeling overwhelmed and then getting distracted by making a video, which I didn't need to make, but I enjoy doing it. So I'm like, fuck that, I'll just do this. And I feel like I've achieved, but at the end of the day, I haven't because the list is still very long. That I think if I can hone in, home, hone, in both correct apparently, in on a specific task, not so vague, like saying, okay, one of my lists might be create this week's Facebook posts. And it's like, okay, well, that's great. I know I need to do some social media posts to promote a blog or the podcast, but 
If I could say, great, create two promo posts for the books, one question for the Bride Chiller community to hopefully spark some conversation, not that you guys need it because you're very good with the convo, and also um, post a, a best of link to one of our previous podcast episodes, then I know, hey, there's four posts I need to create and I get it done rather than just having this very vague to-do thing that ends up making me make feature films. I think a lot of couples go through wedding planning burnout when they hit a certain stage of their engagement. Now, a lot of people, so we're told over and over again, the average engagement is between 14 and 18 months. If you've heard any of these podcasts before, you know I do have a sense of cynicism when it comes to any of these studies, use very loosely the term studies, but I think that's probably right. I mean, majority of couples get engaged and it takes them at least a year to plan the wedding. Not to say you have to plan a wedding in a year, you can do it much quicker or you could do it in a much longer time, just depending on your personal timeline, your life timeline. But I think a lot of people get engaged, they go through the initial flurry of planning and then They make the decisions, they might place some initial deposits, and then you've got this weird lull where, yeah, okay, you might be going and having a dress or suit fittings, and you might be locking in some of the the second-tier vendors. Not that they're not important, but I mean, these are people that, like, you know, makeup artists and, and hairdressers, they're probably not the first people that you would book when you are first planning a wedding. Maybe they are. Maybe they're rock stars and you want to secure them. Great. But you sort of get into this stage where you're like, I've done all of the big stuff, but I still feel like I should be doing more. And this is a big problem, I believe, for so many people when they start to fucking either hate it, where they're like, oh, this has become a task. It was fun. I like making the decisions. And now I feel like it's a chore that I need to attend to every day. Or they feel like they're not doing enough and that they should be doing more, but they don't quite know what they should be doing. If you feel like this, I just want to say it's really normal because when you have a limited timeline or you have a definite date of things that you need to do, maybe at work, you go, okay, I've got a project due in or I need to submit this on a certain date. We sort of get into the the process. We know what we need to do to make it happen. So in my day job, I'm a casting producer. I know that they want to make the TV show on this date. We need to lock in the cast on this date. So I give myself three weeks to interview people and chat and whatever, and then deliver to my bosses and they'll reject everyone. And then I freak out and have to do it all again in two days. This is TV. So I understand that process, but with wedding planning, again, something that a lot of us haven't done before, you go through this stage and then you're like, what now? What do I do? Should I be worried about this? I, I'm I'm worried that I'm not worried or I'm really worried because I think I've missed something. Obvious answer is if you have a planner or coordinator to be communicating with them, but not too much. I know a lot of people are like, my, my planner and coordinator aren't writing to me every week. I feel like we should be having more regular contact. And I want to say with vendor communication whoa, 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 slow it down. They're doing other people's weddings. They're running their businesses. And if you really trust them, hopefully you do, you've hired them, then you need to trust that they will be in touch and you'll communicate on a timeline that they have done over and over again and uh, trust that they need information, they will ask you for it. And if they aren't getting back to you within 36 seconds, it probably means they're doing other tasks. Honestly, people do get quite panicky and a lot of the time it's just because there's not much to say. You don't have to be BFFs. You don't have to communicate daily. It's probably too much. 
If you feel concerned, sure. But otherwise, take a chiller pillar and uh, relax. So the wedding planning limbo feeling where you either feel like you've missed something or that you are really sick of wedding planning because you're in that middle stage, or perhaps you are in the weeks coming up to your wedding where a lot of people feel that, look at that, that was a stressed breath just then. I felt stressed on behalf of you. A lot of people feel that even if they're really organized, it's all coming together and the pressure is on and they've got a lot to achieve and they've got lists and they've got timelines and they've ticked things off and people are arriving and vendors are happening, they're paying money. It can feel pretty crazy. So whether you are at the just before the wedding stage or that whittle whittle, that weird middle stage where you can feel a little bit in the weeds, a bit in the wilderness when it comes to what you should be doing, then I just want to say to you that there is no right way to do all this stuff. If you feel panicked, if you feel uh, overwhelmed, if you feel like you are confused as to what to do next, then take a step back and stop firstly get a pad and pen out, make a list of all the things, a little bit of a stream of consciousness, love a bit of this, of what the things that are bothering you and get it out of your brain. Another thing Rich and I do is placing limits, time limits I'm talking about on tasks and allowing ourselves to do something else. And I think a lot of couples feel that their conversations, particularly really in the the heat of it all, is just about weddings. And you're like, I actually haven't talked to my partner about something outside of this event for months. And that might not be true, but it does feel like it can become the only topic of conversation in your life. And especially, as I said at the top of the show, that in the workplace, you sort of become this this pillar of like, we'll only talk to you, this beacon of wedding planning. We'll only talk to you about wedding planning. So your co-workers like, how's the wedding planning going? What are you, have you decided? Because they've got nothing else to fucking talk about. Whatever. You might relate to them. You might not. But it's also just going, hey, you know what, babe, babe, hun, boo, whatever you call your other person, let's tonight not talk about the wedding. Or let's this weekend not if I can open the wedding email that we've set up because we don't want it in our normal email. Just do that, please. Don't use your normal email for wedding planning stuff because it can send you bonkers. Let's this weekend not do any of that stuff. Or let's this weekend spend the afternoon on Saturday from two to six and we will just make a list and we'll smash through. I hit my hand then. We will smash through our tasks and then we'll move on. We'll do something else. We'll watch a movie. We'll have sex. We'll go to sleep. Or all of those things. Sounds like a great afternoon. Lastly, for me, the signs of burnout. And to be honest, I'm feeling them a little bit now because Rich and I are moving countries in five weeks. Look, that's another story. We are going to leave the UK and go back to Australia for a bit. And then who knows? See, that is great, but also a little overwhelming. So for me, one of the big symptoms of burnout is physical, is feeling tired, is feeling a bit puffy and bloated. It's feeling vague and reactive. I know that if I'm stressed, my capacity to communicate can sometimes be a little less eloquent than when I am of sound, calm mind. I know my solution is going out for a run or doing a body combat class. You know, some people are like, just do some yoga. And that's great. And I fucking love yoga. I fucking love yoga. That's not a way to talk about yoga. I really love yoga. I do. I love a bit of Pilates. Pilates. But I really find if I can get my adrenaline going, 
I can put a podcast on, I go for a run and I'm not in my mind. I'm not thinking about the specific task that might be stressing me out. I come back feeling a lot more calm, a bit more resolved to get things done. So for me, the strategy is exercise. For you, it might be having a wine, not to say that it's about using alcohol to de-burn out, but it, it might be nice going out and having a relaxing evening with friends. It could be just enrolling yourself in some sort of adult education, a class, go to a talk. It's really just stepping away and giving yourself the time to step away from the thing that's stressing you out, that's making you feel burnt out and doing something that's good for you. So look, bride chillers and groom chillers, this this has been a bit of a stream of consciousness episode, but it's helped me because I'm feeling pretty stressed and overwhelmed at the moment. And really that post in the Facebook group made me realize how much so many people in our group, regardless of them running their own businesses or working in jobs that are really high stress, high energy workplaces, or doing their own side hustles like us, that it can be quite full on when you're also taking on the task of planning a wedding. So I just want you to know that I relate and that we're all in it together. And also, I forgot to mention that I have started another Facebook group. So we've got the Bride Chiller Community, which is our Facebook group for people planning a wedding. It's a really inviting, warm place, I hope, to chat about wedding planning. We've got about 10,000 members and it's, it's, it's a great place to be. We've also got Chiller Grads, which is where people go uh, after, where people go, where members graduate uh, and maybe go and talk about life after weddings. And we've also got a maid chiller group and a mom chiller group, spelt with M-O-M, my Australian and uh, British listeners. So if you're a, a chiller mom or dad, that's a great place to go. But I started a group called Boss Chiller, and I thought it was a really good place to talk about workplace stuff, trying to de-stress and get ahead, and just sharing our experiences, because that thread really inspired me to say, hey, there are so many other people out there like you that are going through the similar stuff, and it'd just be nice to be able to continue on the chiller vibes but not necessarily have that conversation in the Bride Chiller community. So if you are interested in joining, just look at Boss Chiller uh, via the Facebook and join and introduce yourselves because I just think it's a really nice way that we can extend this community that we've built and connect with other people that, as I said, are like-minded and are just good to talk to. There it is. I hope this has been helpful. I, I, as I said, I think it's helped me. So if anything, my ego says, thanks, Alicia, for making this, for talking about things you should be fucking going and doing right now. And I'm not going to go and edit a clip right now, even though I have my list of three things to do today. One of them is not editing long form video promos when I don't need to do it. Stamp it, Alicia. Stamp it. I love you all. If you have a question, comment, thought, I want to hear it. All you need to do is visit thebridechiller.com. Hit me up on the, hit me up, it's like a commercial radio station, on the contact me page, then I sound silly, and um, get in touch. I try and feature as many questions as possible in upcoming episodes of the Bride Chiller podcast. And if it's urgent, just let me know. Okay, until next week's episode of the show, I bid you all... Less stress, 
more focus, lots of positive lists, but not too many. And just to remember that there is more to life than wedding planning. You're going to get through this and create a cracking party. Happy days. The Bride Chiller Podcast, telling chair covers to get fucked since 2014.